Hello and welcome to the official Celtic View podcast. I'm Tony Conley and unfortunately for you, I'm hosting this week. Uh, if you're still with us, there's some good news though because I'm joined by my Celtic multimedia colleagues, Joe Donnelly and Colette Carr. Uh, so at the time of recording, we're just back from the pre-match press conference for tomorrow night's second leg against Copenhagen where Neil Lennon and Christopher Julian discussed the tie. So we'll hear a wee bit of what Neil Lennon said in the presser. Seems like yesterday, but uh, it was a long, long time in my life, that. Um, very tumultuous, exciting, raw at times, but uh, you know, very uh, immensely fulfilling. Coming in last season, you was trying to win the travel and then obviously then trying to keep the momentum going as, as much as possible. So we had a great Europa League group. We've had a good result in Copenhagen and you know hopefully we can you know finish the job off tomorrow night but we're under no illusions how difficult that's going to be. So there'll be no complacency or taking anything for granted. Copenhagen gave us a really tough second half out, out there. Um, we had to work really hard to, you know, avoid going behind. We didn't start the second half well. You know, we, we counter-attacked well in the second half, but we could play a lot better than what we did in the second half. The first half performance was was superb. We weren't able to carry that on, and maybe a draw was probably a fair result on the night. But with the chances we created and the good chances we created, we felt we could have come away with a win. So the manager at the beginning of the presser there just um, responding to the question about him being there a year. That's uh, today, a year since he returned to the club for his second spell. And then if you fast forward to, to the most sort of recent European game, I think that's uh, a sign of how far he's, he's taken the team in a short space of time. A 1-1 draw away to Copenhagen in the last 32 of the Europa League. And I think the fact that some of the, the players and the manager, even the fans, felt a little bit disappointed that that result, given how well Celtic played in the, in the first 45 minutes. So it's, Joe, what do you think? A sign of how far he's taken the team that we can have this sort of high opinion of the team in the latter stages of European football? Yeah, totally. I mean, there was a lot of talk of steadying the ship when Brendan Rodgers left us this time last year and, and Neil Lennon came in. Of course, we won the, the treble treble. Neil Lennon certainly steered the ship towards that this year in Europe. I mean, making history across the board. They're 13 points in the group stages of the Europa League and obviously beating Lazio first time at Celtic have, have won a competitive fixture in Italy. I mean, there's some, been some remarkable games in there. Speaking specifically to last week's game, um, like everybody, pretty much including the manager and the players, have said since the first half Celtic looked... You know, looked incredible, and Copenhagen credit to them. They really came out in the second half and and turned the game on its head. It's so cliche to say a game of two halves, but I mean, it really, really was, wasn't it? Yeah, um, as you say, it's cliche. You don't really want to kind of go down that line, but sometimes there's no other way to kind of describe things. Um, I think you're right. You know, um, it shows how far the team have come. That Celtic fans can walk away from a one-each draw away in Europe feeling slightly aggrieved. Um, I think within the first, you know, twenty-five seconds, the first chance the game came with Edward. Um, were just so powerful coming out the blocks in the first half to just kind of not um, come away come away with the win was a little bit frustrating, but fantastic position to be in coming into the return leg. Yeah, and speaking of cliches, we always talk about the home crowd here at Celtic Park. 
Um, Chris Julian said that in his presser earlier on, just after the manager had spoken about you know what the crowd could bring to tomorrow night's game. Manager also says Scott Brown's back in, which is um, or he's back available for selection at the very least, which is is great news. Cal McGregor was of course very very capable um, in that captain's role on Sunday against Kilmarnock. But having Scott Brown available, he knows what these games are about. He's got all the experience. I spoke to Eric Sviatchenko for the matchday program. Um, Excel obviously playing in Denmark and is very familiar with FC Copenhagen. He says that he expects them to play quite cagey, to sit in, even though Celtic have that away goal advantage and maybe start to step out if the scoreline stays the same into the second half. Neil Lennon kind of touched upon that in his press conference. Um, I think Celtic will want to just go and kill the game if they can. Obviously, getting an early goal would settle the nerves in the stadium and really show um, the crowd, you know, what what they're all about. And again, we saw that on Sunday, although Celtic went down early with a, a potentially controversial penalty. Looked like Eamon Brophy was offside before the, the penalty was given itself. But the Celtic fans really rallied around the stadium and, of course, turned that scoreline around and went in front. I'm sure that Neil Lennon will want more of the same tomorrow night. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you're touching on the Kilmarnock game there, as you said, McGregor captain in the side. And I was speaking to him for the the match program for tomorrow night, and he was just kind of re- reflecting on that that first leg, how well Celtic played, and and just how far he's come as well. For him to be able to come in and fill the, the boots of Scott Brown and the role he plays in that position was. I don't think any Celtic fan was surprised. He's, he's just a, a, a class above his, his rivals in the, the rest of the league. But he was he was brilliant in that game. And to, to have him and Scott Brown in the middle of a midfield again tomorrow night, I think the manager said Olivia and Cham might not be available. But when you've got Scott Brown and McGregor in the centre of a, a midfield, you're going to feel confident, especially with the, the Celtic home su- support there as well. And, and a vital away goal. But, I mean, Copenhagen could have been coming here with uh, a lead had Fraser Foster not made a really valuable contribution in saving that penalty. First time VAR's been used and it, it didn't really go away, so hopefully that doesn't come into play again tomorrow night. But, Joe, what do you think about that that save from Foster and how how vital was that in shaping this second leg? Yeah, we spoke about the success this year at the top of the programme. In Europe, uh, Fraser Foster's been invaluable, hasn't he? The game Lazio here, the 2-1 victory, Christopher Julian scores that second goal and then minutes later Fraser Foster makes a save which even when you're watching in slow motion it's incredible how quickly he gets across his line to save that solid performance in Rome as well and of course that penalty save it's just the fingertips just to touch that onto the post and keep Celtic in the tie again almost surprising because in the first half Celtic were so in control then Copenhagen get a foothold they get a goal and they get the chance to go in front um, VAR was always going to be controversial given if it was introduced if it was used rather last week given it's the first competitive game Celtic have faced it I do feel sorry for Ryan Christie uh, but when you see it in slow motion it is those ones that you know it's one of those ones it's hit his hand his arm is raised um, and yeah I don't think there's any complaints for the penalty Fraser Foster 11 saves and 23 penalties at Celtic that's an incredible record it's just I mean it's it is nothing short of incredible and it speaks to the stature of this this player physically and within his performances as well and we spoke to Fraser Forster after the game as well just to try and gain an insight into that that mind that, that pulls off these brilliant saves and really shapes big big results for, for Celtic in Europe so we'll hear a wee bit from Fraser and what he had to say after the game last week VAR was involved, but but thankfully you were there to the rescue. Talk us through the penalty save. Um, yeah, just one of them, you know. Uh, picked a way to go and luckily got a hand onto the post. But um, you know, it's always tough. It was a bit of a harsh penalty, but um, 
that's the way it is with VAR. If it hits your arm, it's, it's probably going to be given. So um, just one of them, you know, nice to make the save and, and contribute, you know, in a good away performance. How much is making penalty saves about about confidence? Yeah, I think so. I think you just go through runs where, you know, sometimes like you seem to go on a run where you save a few and it goes the other way as well. But, um, you know, luckily, you know, I made the save tonight and that's all that matters. So, um, you know, we'll take that into next week. Do you have to approach these penalties any different because of VAR? You know, the referee had a word with you beforehand about keeping your feet on the line. Uh, not really. I think, you know, that's obviously the rule anyway, but um, you just can't be too obvious. You can't set off too early, but, um, you know, it's just one of them. I think, you know, VAR just kind of scrutinises the game and you've just got to make sure you do everything properly. Now, the game in Copenhagen last week was closely followed by another big game for the club, and that was uh, the following day when the Celtic women's team kicked off their league campaign with a home game against long-running champions Glasgow City. And uh, Colette, you were there at the game. Um, big, big result for the team, a, a 2-1 win. How was it and what was the reaction like from the team? Yeah, it was phenomenal. Um, as you say, it was the first league game of the season. Um, so much buzz around women's football this season with loads of different clubs kind of making moves. Glasgow City obviously 13 times in a row champions so there was a lot kind of I don't know so much about the pressure being on Celtic I would still say the pressure were on City at the weekend but uh, just a phenomenal result um, the weather was practically the rain was just biblical to be honest with you the wind was mental so fair play to every single girl Glasgow City included that um, played on the night because the fact that they both managed to get the ball down and play some good football in those conditions really shows um, the quality that was on the pitch for both sides I suppose but um, yeah, Celtic, I would say, first half, definitely had the better of the chances. Really unfortunate to go in at nothing each. Um, conceded a bit of a sloppy goal from a, a corner um, early on in the second half, but phenomenal response to go uh, back to one each within a, a couple of minutes. Sarah Gunes with a fantastic goal. She's in such incredible form just now. And then there's <laughs> nothing better than a last-minute winner from your captain, you know, last kick of the ball. Um, it certainly sent, um, there was nearly 400 people there, which was incredible as well, given given the weather and the fact it was on TV. Um, couldn't have went any better, to be honest with you. Ewans cuts inside. Good feet. She's going to go for the long-range shot, and it's going to fly all the way into the top corner. Sarah Ewans, the top goal scorer, rifles one. Flies into the top corner and just like that Celtic are a level. Absolutely stunning goal from Sarah into the top corner. Goalkeeper absolutely no chance. And against that wind that's coming from uh, that corner to be able to hit it with such power and accuracy. Uh, but she did fancy herself a few. We've seen her uh, coming inside but she could not have hit that any better. And that is an absolutely magnificent response uh, to get back into this game. Robertson again over this one for Celtic. Flights it in towards Craig at the back post, still bouncing around. Falls to Kelly Clark, the captain. Could she win it? She has! Kelly yes. Clark, of all people, has only went and scored the winner. A historic winner for Celtic FC women. Fran Alonso elated on the sidelines. The last kick of the game. Yes, and there is no more time. We're almost into the third minute of injury time. And what a finish it is from Kelly. Absolutely delighted. The composure she's shown inside the box when a host of bodies were coming to close her down kept the volley down goalkeeper absolutely no chance as you say uh, just bouncing about there but the composure showed for my captain ah, absolutely delighted brilliant brilliant 
you mentioned Sarah Younes there, Colette. I remember the last time when we spoke on on the podcast about when I spoke to her for the Celtic view, not long after the 4-1 game when, when Celtic women's team beat Glasgow City in the last time the sides met, and she'd mentioned about psychological barriers and the fact that Glasgow City, like you say, 13 years in a row, champions of the league, and she spoke about overcoming mental barriers, that victory, that a really strong victory at the time, 4-1, she felt helped them break down barriers. Now that Celtic have come back, this is obviously the first league game, the first league game as a professional outfit, and they've beaten Glasgow City two times in a row. Does that flip it in any way? Does that put mental pressure on Glasgow City, do you think? Glasgow City had a side, you know, as I say, you can't, you can't take anything for granted for them. Um, this goes back to repeating myself 13 years in a row. Uh, they've got a place in the quarterfinals of the Champions League next month. They're a mentally very, very tough side. They've been there, done it, got the T-shirt. Um, but no, definitely, I think... There was a lot of chat when we beat them last season. Um, that was four one, so a bit of a different um, win, different celebration. You know, when you're when you're running out so comfortably and then a last minute winner, I don't know if I could actually place which one was better. To be honest with you, but um, I think the fact that definitely two games in a row now, it's not to be sniffed at, and um, it leaves a real real marker down early on in the season. because you know, there's no better acid test for where you stand um, than against the champions. So I think that mental barrier definitely has gone and. Probably planted to be a bit of seed more so than it did back in November. And it's a big result as well for a new manager, Fran Alonso, coming in there now taking over as well. What's what are the changes you've you've noticed with him and how the the players responded to him? Because you know from the results and how they've been playing, it, it seems like an excellent uptick in performance back off of what was already a, a good season last season. Definitely, yeah. Um, I think it's all just kind of about timing, you know. It's we're moving into this new kind of era of professionalism, as it keeps kind of being defined as an era. And um, you know, obviously, lots of changes. He's coming in. He's implementing his ideas. He's got a different play, a different way of playing from last season. Um, it's a bit continental, as you would maybe expect from um, the likes of someone with the name Fran Alonso. Um, but there's, uh, yeah, definitely, it's all worked out really, really well. I think when you look, he's only been in about six weeks or something, maybe, and. Every game we've played, we've not played a great a game in great conditions yet at all. So the fact that the girls are kind of managing to get his style of play across, you know, getting results, um, played three competitive games now, scored eight, conceded one, uh, two clean sheets. It shows that it does really kind of bode well for the future, I think. Yeah, and hopefully we'll, we'll get some more people coming along. The, the home games are played at the K Park in East Kilbride, is that right? Yep, um, so our next home game isn't actually until the 22nd of March. Um, it's a wee well away because we've got a League Cup game away to Spartans this weekend, international break, and then we're on the road again. But um, I think if anyone watched it on BBC Alba or Celtic TV um, the other night there, if they've seen that they can play that kind of football in those kind of conditions, then there definitely is a market for the game yeah. in Scotland. Well worth going along to them, especially with the good weather now coming coming back in. <laughs> Summer football, isn't it? <laughs> um, so that game was followed a couple of days later as the Celtic men's team returned to action in the league. They were playing Kilmarnock. Um, went a goal down early on, but it was a good response from the team, Joe, to, to fight back and get a 3-1 win. Yeah, and the manager always says that, you know, you're going to lose goals in football, it's part of the game and it's how you respond. And like I touched upon um, just about five minutes or so before, like when Celtic lost that goal early doors, given, you know, like the, the results elsewhere coming through, there was an early game in the, the league fixtures and it's easy for the, the, the fans to kind of get on on Celtic's back. However, they seem to really rally around the team um, with that, with, with going down that goal and then of course coming back 
after they got and um, they got level and then got back in front before half time, it really felt like it was cruise control for Celtic. And they returned only to score one. Um, well, Kamarnik sitting really deep. Alex Dyer, it's been said before, but he has got Kamarnik playing quite similar to how Clark did, um, which makes it stuffy. They, they come to Celtic Park, they make it tight. You know that they, they play in such a way which is hard to break down. But that's three times that Celtic have played Kamarnik this season in three three one wins. So something's working for Neil Lennon against Kamarnik. <laughs> Here comes Christie's into the box, he's a good cut back, plays a low, it's a chance! And there is Lee Griffiths, it's goal number eight for Celtic's number nine! It was a striker's instinct to be at the six-yard box, it's a tap-in and he had to be there, Christie with a cut back and Celtic leads by three goals to one. And the people we expect to get the goals got their names on the sheet, Lee, you've got one of those cut, perhaps a frustrating figure that you didn't get another as well. Yeah, I'm not very sure if it was offside or not, but listen, I'll take one goal every game if it happens. And I know that for us it's all about ticking off victories week in, week out, but you'll tell from the noise of the stand you've extended the lead, so overall that's another bonus today. Yeah, obviously we didn't know the, the score of other games um, before we kicked off, but you know it's just about what we do, we had to go and pick up three points and then you know after this game we look at other results. Um, but again, we've ticked off another game, we look forward to Thursday night. Great afternoon today and another huge night coming up on Thursday, Callum. You'll be looking forward to Europa League under the lights in paradise. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, hopefully we can make it another big night. Um, you know, get the place rocking and, and the boys can put in a performance day to try and take us through. So, you know, everyone's full of confidence, positive day going into Thursday and, and let's go and do it. Collect results elsewhere in the league meant that Celtic extended their, their lead at the top to 12 points which is uh, a huge boost for them as well and I think well-deserved based on how they've been playing since the second half of the season started. Yeah, definitely. I think when you look at the turn of the year, um, I actually think I said it last time I was on, um, they've just been ruthless. The form has been perfect domestically. Um, to kind of go back to you know what Joe was saying about um, Celtic going a, a goal down early on, I think that's probably the worst thing that could have happened for Kilmarnock. Um, Penalty, you know, it was just a wee error of judgment um, from my perspective. Um, but realistically, I think everyone, in this, as you're saying, the fans do kind of go on at you a bit. But I don't know if it was so much in doubt because you just know that if Celtic are playing the way they are playing just now, the kind of football they're playing with the players they've got that quality, especially going back to you know kind of the midfield area. Um, you kind of you knew that you'd be able to pull something special out the bag. Um, going back to you know talking about Forster earlier on and his penalty saves, he obviously never carried that on. But I think even when you look at um, Brophy's penalty there, he was just so impressive. You know, he's got absolute nerves of steel. It wasn't far away. I think it was just the fact that the shot was so powerful at the end. Yeah. But um, it's good to have that confidence from front to back. Yeah, and um, McGregor was man of the match uh, in that performance. And I think everybody's been singing his praises f- for a while now. But his consistency is just is really in- incredible. He just the, the way he reads the game is an absolute joy to to watch. So hopefully we, we see a similar performance from him tomorrow night in the middle of midfield with, with Scott Brown. But uh, moving on, we'll also look at the Celtic reserves. They were they were in action recently as well, and a, a great result for them. They defeated Hibs four one in the reserve cup final. So they are now in next month's. Uh, no, sorry, four one in the semi final. Yeah, they're in the the next month's final where they'll meet Aberdeen. Um, a, a good result from them. And Joe, you spoke to Karamoka Dembele after the game, who got himself on the score sheet. Yeah, he scored twice, uh, and he looked um, every bit the player, which has caused so much hype since he signed professionally for Celtic last year. 
a very humble player still though, um, only just turned 17 on Saturday, I believe, so two days later he kind of treats himself to a belated birthday present of two goals. But yeah, when he just speaks um, so much about the team, uh, he had the chance to set up Armstrong Oakleflex, his colleague, just in the closing stages of the game. His pass was intercepted and he was beating himself up about that, even after winning 4-1 and as you say, Tony, getting through to the the final. Um, he One of the things which I, I did speak to Karamoko about, which he and a lot of the players in the reserve squad seem to really thrive on, is the fact that Neil Lennon, Damien Duff, John Kennedy, all watching that game from the sidelines. And whilst whoever's in charge at Celtic will be getting reports from Tommy McIntyre about the reserves and how they're doing, whether they're worth a call-up, you know, whatever the, the status of the players is, the fact that they're there in person watching, Karamoko said that whilst you always want to try hard and win for the team and for yourselves, having them on the sidelines gives you that hope We've seen Karamoko step up this year, Scott Robertson, Stephen Welsh, all looked capable, looked confident um, with the, the traits and the confidence that have been instilled um, through the, the Youth Academy. But having those guys there, you know, the, the manager and the backroom staff, is just giving them that extra encouragement to perform. Arzani over this one. Likes that one towards Luca Connell on the volley with the left foot. I think it may have taken a deflection. Well, that one looks as if it was straight off the training ground. Here's Arzani. Looking to create space for the shot. The shot's headed out, but only as far as Karamoko. Dembele in off the underside of the crossbar. We're in injury time at the end of the first half. And Celtic, through Dembele, have doubled their lead. The cross was initially headed clear, but... Karamoko there was just waiting on the half volley and the keeper had no chance. For the second half then, Hibs looking to get back into this game but they've lost out. Now Henderson, the ball through to Patrick Klamala. The chip from Klamala into the goal. It's one for Klamala, his first goal in the hoops and it's three for Celtic. Forward comes Celtic again, straight from the kickoff. It's Karamoko Dembele on his own. What a finish from the youngster. And Celtic restore their three-goal lead just seconds after Hibs had found the back of the net. Tommy, congratulations through to the Reserve Cup final. What were your thoughts after today's performance? I thought we dominated the game. You know, you know, we had a really strong side today. You know, one or two first-team boys. Um, so it's always nice. It's always a nice mix, and uh, particularly for our young players as well. Uh, but I think in terms of the, the kind of ages, it's probably similar to the Hibs team. But I thought we dominated, scored a really good goal, uh, came off it a little bit, but I thought the manner in which we scored the goals was excellent. And I think as well as that extra encouragement, the, the form that they're on and the experience that they've gained this season has been really good. You know, they've been going down uh, south uh, on a weekly basis, playing uh, a lot of teams down there and getting good results. You know, that I uh, went over Chelsea um, last month, I think it was as well. So I think they're really benefiting from from that test against really high level opposition uh, in England. And I speaking to Cameron Harper, um, the, the winger from uh, America, he plays with the, the US under 20s as well, a real promising talent, but he, he touched on that, as have a lot of the boys, about how much they appreciate this sort of different challenge of playing these English teams, it's a really big step up for them, but they're rising to the occasion. Yeah, and that's what Karamoko said as well, when they are rising to the occasion, whether they're playing down south or whether they're playing up here, they are 
showing teams what they're capable of and of course getting through to a cup final. Strangely for Karamoko Dembele, he played in the Youth Cup final last year where Rangers um, beat Celtic 3-2. He also featured on the bench in the Scottish Cup final and New Lennon side and won the treble treble. But this will be his first reserve cup final. Um, and given his age, that's already a remarkable um, CV which he's building up there. But yeah, through to, through to the final against Aberdeen. I believe it's in Aberdeen because they don't hold a neutral venue for this cup final, which is quite strange, although the Glasgow Cup last year was held at Celtic Park when Celtic beat Rangers. Um, but yeah, they'll be fired up for it. It's in, I think it's the 16th of March. They won't need any more inspiration, to, apart from to get had their hands on some silverware. Uh, well, I think that about wraps up this uh, edition of the podcast. We'll be back on Friday for a regular weekly edition of the pod where we'll be previewing Sunday's Scottish Cup quarterfinal away to St. Johnson. And all going well tomorrow night. Hopefully we'll be talking about reaction to Friday's draw for the last 16 of the Europa League. Great ball from Julian to find Christie now. Christie on the edge of the area, chance to cut inside. Is he going to take the shot himself? He has options. One of them is McGregor. Now Edward with another chance, and this time he's chipped it over the goalkeeper. And it's into the net this time. Third time lucky for odds on Edward. He is Celtic's danger man. 25th goal of the season. Two earlier chances. He went for power, this time he went for the dink over the goalkeeper and it went into the low left-hand corner. 14 minutes gone, Copenhagen nil, Celtic 1.